It's so important for us to understand that. Then Paul speaks of God's way instead of man's way with anger. That's what we want to talk about tonight, and that is to recondition our minds by the renewing of our minds. First of all, you have to recognize, you and I have to recognize that we're going to do it God's way, our own helplessness. We cannot do this in our own strength. We are weak. We can't do it in our own strength. We have to depend on the Lord because you see that the the nature of a natural man is self-sufficiency. I can do it myself. I don't need anybody's help. I don't want anyone else. I I am a self-made man. The spiritual man recognizes that the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. The two are contrary to the one to the other. These two are contrary, and we cannot conquer it in ourselves. We cannot take authority and stop these things in ourselves. The only way it will ever happen is when we submit to the authority of Jesus Christ and submit to the authority of the Holy Spirit in our life. You and I cannot fight. It's not by, we, we do not fight flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. We begin to recognize anger for what it is and come against it with the blood of Jesus, repent of it, and command it to set us free in Jesus' name. The natural man says, I can do it myself. The spiritual man says, I know my source of strength. And it's only found in Jesus Christ. And the wonderful part is, I should say, first of all, the tragic part is that a person who is angry usually feels guilty and miserable and rotten. And the devil's telling him he can't even do it. How can you call yourself a Christian? How can you say that you love the Lord when you act like that? But the wonderful part is we have to recognize how merciful our God is every single day. If we have that problem in our life, it's one thing to say, well, I've had it all my life. It's another thing to say, I may have had it, but by the grace of God, I am standing against it and it's not going to continue in my life. I'm going to have an active uh, plan against this. Every time it comes up, every time I start to feel this, I'm going to begin to quote certain scripture verses, or I'm going to begin to plead the blood, or I'm going to pray in the spirit, or I'm going to come against and take authority of this, over the strong man over me and come against this thing and command it out in Jesus' name, repent and asking the Holy Spirit to show me how I ever opened myself up to that thing. If I inherited it or whatever, it's not going to stay. Now, let me tell you, you may get impatient with yourself, but God's mercies are from everlasting to everlasting. And I want to tell you, there's Christians everywhere that day after day, month after month, year after year, are constantly fighting certain areas of their lives and they get very, very discouraged. First of all, many times they don't know how to fight. But secondly, it's been a real stronghold in their life for a long time. They've always been afraid to say something to someone else. So would you please pray with me about this thing? God is patient. And he said, if we'll forgive others' trespasses, he'll forgive us. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's only as we begin to release these people, I said, let go. Forgive means to let them go. Let them go. Release them. The only thing we begin to do that by an act of our will and refuse to let those things happen in our lives can we have freedom. Now, the only way we can do that is to appropriate Christ's attitude in our life. What does that mean? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not equal to be robbery, uh, robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You and I have to come to the place where we're willing to say, Lord, I cannot do this in myself. I humble myself totally before you, and I'm going to have the mind of Christ in this matter. I, and the Scripture says, though Jesus was reviled, yet he reviled not again. 
We have to have that same mind when people say things against us. Lord, I just commit that to you. Forgive them so they don't know what they do. Lord, I will not receive this personally anymore. I just turn it up to you. In Jesus' name, I turn it up to you. But maybe just what they say about me. Who am I? After all, I, I deserve hell. I'm not everything besides that is heaven. I mean, there's nothing that, that they can say to me and make me realize that I, I need to take it personally because I know what I am and I know what I was and I know what Christ has done in my life. If someone comes up and says, you're a stinking rotten rat and you're no good, you can, or you can say, oh, you don't know the half of it. I mean, if you knew what Jesus forgave me for, if you knew what the blood has done in my life, that's nothing compared to what I, what I really am. And it allows you not to have to receive these things and like a fool explode and lose all your defenses. When people say things against you, you have to give it to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive them. They know not what they do. I forgive them in Jesus' name. I refuse to hold that in my heart anymore. The Scripture says, as a lamb... Before his shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. Abraham Lincoln said, it's better never to open your mouth and let men think you're a fool than to open it and remove all that. You think about that. Jesus did not revile at all when he was placed on the cross there, but as a lamb before his shears was dumb, so he opened not his mouth, the Scripture said. I think there's good examples of this. If we think that we're mistreated, I think of Joseph. And Joseph's life, by the way, was a type of the life of Christ. Joseph had a vision from God, a dream from God, that he was his parents and his brothers were all going to bow down to him. And he was so excited about it, he went out and told everybody. Now, a lot of times revelations are not for everybody, they're for you. And you have to wait on God to let it be fulfilled. But he let it out, and all the brothers, then half-brothers, all hated him. Well, I mean, here he was expecting to go to the throne, and he was suddenly sold off into slavery, they thrown into a pit, and then sold into slavery, and then thrown into prison. And yet all the time that this was going on, Joseph had every right, if we talk about rights, to get angry. Yeah, thanks a lot, God. I mean, after all, here I'm on the throne, here I am in the pit, here I am in prison. I mean, I didn't even do anything. I tried to stand up for you. I did everything right. I wouldn't let, I wouldn't touch Potiphar's wife, and she framed me for this thing. Oh, God, just forget it, you know. Have your heyday. That never happened in Joseph's life. Scripture says he never, ever got bitter. While he was even in prison, while he was a prisoner those 13 years, he served the Lord. He saw God's blessings on his life, even when he was in places that he didn't want to be. Now, Joseph had the right to get angry, but he wasn't the fool. He could have said, I'm being mistreated. God, this isn't fair. This isn't right. But he wasn't the fool. And in God's time, the Scripture says God raised him up and he was placed right under Pharaoh in Egypt. And Moses was, a, was approached by those that felt that his leadership was, uh, uh, he was, what did they say, he was, uh, I'm trying to think of the word they, they use nowadays, uh, demagogue, spirit of control, all these things, manipulation. That's what they came to Moses with. And uh, Moses could have, you know, raised his hands and said, God, strike him dead. But the word says that Moses just fell on his face before them in the dust. Just fell on his face. Let them just say all they wanted to. He never said a word back to them. How many of you know Moses? There's more news about Moses in this Old Testament than almost anyone else. He was a man that God really loved. He was a friend of God. And one of the things he learned as a friend of God was anger doesn't help. Let God fight your battle. God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. 
And there have been many times when I, you know, I wanted to punch people out. In fact, when I was a brand new Christian, I punched a lot of guys out. I thought, that's what you're supposed to do. And then the Lord showed me that isn't what you're supposed to do. But uh, I used to really have a problem with my anger. I call it not my anger, but the anger that was in me. It wasn't mine. I didn't want it. I got rid of it finally. But I finally learned that God could fight my battle. I think some of you have probably heard the time when I was home from Bible school one summer and rode with another fellow in his car and worked at the ordnance plant. And his dad, he had tried to get me to lie about how fast he had driven his dad's brand new car. And I wouldn't do it. And so the next day at work, he has two buddies with him. He said, boy, when we get off work tonight, you've had it, Webb. So on the way back to work, I said, Lord, it's in your hands. I'd love, you know how I love to fight before I was a Christian. And you showed me I'm not supposed to, so I don't want to fight. But if I have to, I will. So I'm asking you to handle it. And I got back that afternoon to the break, coffee break, looked around. This loudmouth kid wasn't around anymore. I asked where he was. They said, the boss came out on the assembly line, took him off. He had lied on his, uh, he had forged his driver's license uh, as to his age, and he was fired and sent home. Never saw the kid again. Now, you see, to me, that was a great answer to prayer because I didn't want to fight, and I didn't want that old anger to try to take control of me again. And he came around. I wasn't afraid of the guy. I would have been, I mean, in the natural, I would have loved to have wiped up the floor with him and his buddy. But God said that's not the way to do it. And I found out it takes more strength not to fight than to get angry. But Moses didn't fight. He fell on his face before God. He just laid on his face before God and waited on God. And Paul the Apostle, he starts telling about all the things that happened to him. He could have gotten very angry. Beaten. Had to be let through a hole in the wall at night. Shipwrecked. Left for dead. Stoned and all these things. But he said, whether by life or by death, I want to glorify Jesus Christ. That's all that's necessary. That's all that's important. It doesn't make a difference what men say to me or what men do to me. That's not the important issue. The important issue is how can I glorify Jesus Christ? And if we can come to that place, if we can stand in that position, you can renounce the anger in Jesus' name, you'll begin to see victory in your daily life. I want to tell you, though, that, that you'll never be able to experience this until you know that you're secure in Jesus Christ. It's one thing to say, don't get angry and don't fight anymore. But that, at one time, like for me, was my point of security. I used to work out. I used to box in golden gloves. I played football. I did all the things to build up my strength. All day long, I would not only be lifting flour sacks and feed sacks and and I'd take 50-pound weights and push them over my head. Why? Because I was just waiting to get back out there and get even with a lot of people I had anger toward. But as I began to become more secure in Jesus Christ, I found out I don't have to do that anymore. I've, as long as I'm pleasing to God, if God be for me, who can be against me? And I could say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It doesn't make any difference what the world says or what the world does. There is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. I don't have to get angry anymore because the Father said, I'll never, Jesus said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He's right here in the midst of this problem. He knows what they've said to me. He knew what they were going to say to me before they ever said it. Yes, but you don't know how harsh my wife or my husband can be. It doesn't make any difference. God knew that before you ever got married. I didn't marry him, by the way. You did. And you have to say, Lord, if we're married and this is the will of God, then there is something here. You're trying to rub off the rough edges on me. Whatever that rough edge is, get it polished now in Jesus' name. Because you promised me peace. Peace I give unto you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. That's where your security comes. Not, where, not when you have to react to what other people say about you or say toward you or say to you. 
but your relationship to Jesus Christ is what gives you your peace every day. If you're abiding in Him every day. Jesus said, curse them that curse you. Get angry with those that do nasty things against you. Is that what He said? No. Bless those that curse you. Do good to them that despitefully use you. Pray for them. Now why does He say that? You have an alternative. You have a choice. Either get angry or to bless them, or to encourage them, or to pray for them, or to love them. And whatever you choose, whatever you sow, that's what you will reap. A soft answer turns away what? That's right. How many, how many of you know that verse? A soft answer turns away right? How many of you have ever heard that verse before? How many of you found that it's not easy to practice? Why? Because we still got that chip here on our shoulder. What do they say? A chip on the shoulder is evidence of wood higher up? No, no. I mean, it's evidence that your feelings are on your shoulder, your, your feelings are in your skin instead of down in your heart. You've got to commit those feelings to the Lord. It doesn't make any difference what they say. Love them and bless them back. Your nerves will say, respond. I know what that's like. I can remember how tense and tight I used to get. The phone's ringing. You ever have a problem with the phone ringing? <laughs> I have a problem with the phone ringing. <laughs> Pat doesn't have a problem with the phone ringing. When her business phone rings, if, she's, if it's convenient, she'll answer the phone. If it's not convenient, why, she'll call back. Me, if the phone rings, I'm... <laughs> phone. <laughs> and sometimes when I was, we were just on this, on our honeymoon, I had to say it, I'll let it leave, ring one more time. <laughs> but it was just inside me, oh, I've got to get to that phone. Now why? Because that's a conditioned response. Anyway, how many of you find it hard to ignore the telephone when it rings? Example. <laughs> By the time, see, we, ours rings three times, four times, it goes on the machine. Oh, no, don't let it go on the machine. I'm in the one end of the house. I'm running like crazy to get to the telephone port. It rings that third time. I figure, oh, hello, hello. And then if I miss it, I go to star six, nine. Oh, who in the world could that be? Dumb salesman, you know. Well, I've got to answer that phone. Now, just that same way we're conditioned in anger. When they ring our bell, ignore it. Ignore the bell. You know, we've got two lines in our house. Now, Pat has her business line in our house, too. And so I have to first of all find out what, what phone is it, you know, and they sound almost alike. Which phone is it? So I don't really get shook. And, and I was working in the living room, and her phone was ringing. I was trying to work, and <laughs> yeah, it is her phone. So, you know, I have to get used to ignore the phone because it's not my phone. You know, there's nothing more wonderful than you go on vacation, you're somebody else's house, and the phone rings, you go, <laughs> couldn't care less, you know. Not my phone, let it ring, let the dumb thing ring. But when it's your house, you've been conditioned to answer that phone. And you know, it's really silly because you pay for it. It's like they've stuck a control mechanism in your house. You answer that phone, we put it there, now you answer it. I'm trying to give you a similarity here to anger. You've always been conditioned to answer with anger, to react when somebody says something or does something. And they keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And after well, that bell, just keep ignoring that bell. Let it ring again. Relax all over. You are in Christ, in God. He has redeemed you. His Holy Spirit is in you. Be angry and sin not. I'm not going to give place to the devil. Father, I bless you. I praise you. Father, I just ask you to bless this person. Forgive them for they know not what they do. Love them, Lord. Help me to love them, Lord. But I can't do that. No, you won't do that. You have the right and the strength and the power to do it in Jesus' name. It's a quality decision you and I have to make. Delay the response. Proverbs 16, 32. 
Some of you that if you have problems with anger, you need to memorize this verse. 16.32 He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty or the famous or the military officer. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. Isn't that amazing? He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty or the famous. And he that ruleth his spirit takes charge, takes control, that will not happen in my life, than he that taketh a city. That's powerful. You're stronger than Joshua, who took a whole city. If you can control your anger. 1632. When you have a tendency to get angry about something, just simply say, I'll wait and worry about that tomorrow. I refuse to wait and worry about that today. I'll worry about that tomorrow at uh, 10.15 a.m. Now the place is going to say, worry, worry, worry. Nope, 10.15 a.m. tomorrow, I'll worry about that. When 10.15 comes tomorrow, you say, you know what? I've gotten through this long. I'll wait until 10.15, 10.16 tomorrow morning before I worry about this. I'm not going to let what they said to me bother me. I refuse to let it in. I refuse to let it get a hold of me, to get a hook in me. I will not let it happen. And begin to relax. Physically, mentally, make yourself relax. Then everything that people say. What really counts is what does God say. How many of you know that's true? What people say about you, what God says about you is very important. And what does God say? If you are one prone to get angry, you're foolish. You're dissipating all your strength. And you're like a city whose walls are broken down and you're totally defenseless. Then when you're trying to relax, just try to picture in your mind a, a scenery of peace, a peaceful scenery. Just close your mind and your eyes and, and just begin to think for a moment about a quiet, peaceful place. I remember several years ago when uh, Jody and I went up to North Carolina. On our way back, we came through North Carolina. And a friend of ours took us out on the side of a mountain, like a cliff. And we sat down. Here was this beautiful valley below us, and there were 12, I think it was, golden eagles just circling around in the breeze, in the, in the winds that were coming up out of that valley. And the thermal air um, current coming up. And they were just floating around, and I sat there and just watched those eagles float. I thought, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful just to be out there, just, just float like that. Just relax, and I thought, what a peaceful scene. And you know, if you can get a peaceful scene like that in your mind, when you tend to be angry, why, what are you doing? You're renewing your mind. Instead of sitting there and seeing that cage and your friend in there and jerking them out, and like just thinking back in that cage, instead you just begin to relax. But he said that last year, he said that 10 years ago, he said that, he's saying it again. I don't care. He's going to open the cage, let him out. Lord, I'm just going to think about the peaceful things that you've shown me in my life. And I'm going to rest in you. I'm going to renew my mind. I'm not going to let my mind go down that channel anymore. You know, we've gotten our minds into a rut. You know what a rut is? Someone said a rut is a grave with both ends kicked out. It can be a deadly thing. We have to renew our minds with a quiet scene. Paul said in Philippians 4, verses 5 through 8, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. In other words, stay in an attitude of prayer. Always be in an attitude of prayer. If you start getting under pressure, begin to pray in the Spirit. Just pray in the Spirit as hard as you can. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ. 
Keep your hearts and minds through Christ. The peace of God will keep them there. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Don't let anger, don't let violence, don't let turbulence come into your heart. Don't let resentment or bitterness come. Refuse it in Jesus' name. The peace of God that passes all those things will keep your heart and your mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Your heart and your mind will be kept in peace. Here's your picture. Finally, brethren, you want a picture to look at? Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. We'll do that, the anger will subside. Yeah, but oh, what they said, forget what they said. They just won't quit. Don't worry about that. Leave it with the Lord. Walk on, smile, and love them. You have a choice. If you let it linger, I've seen people let it linger. They slam the door, run out, jump in the car, take off down the street, squealing, burning rubber. Have an accident. We had a lady in our neighborhood a few years ago. She and her husband had a big argument. She had a big argument, jumped in her car, came racing down Grant Street, didn't see this guy pushing his motorcycle in the middle of the night. And when she saw him at the last minute, she swerved, the car slid sideways, she slammed in the telephone pole out in front of our yard, and got killed right there. Anger did its job right then and there. When you get mad, and you answer the phone, remember we talked about that last week? What do you want? <laughs> Flip out, you can, and I can't tell you, well, I can give you an illustration. One time I called the hospital to talk to someone that attended here years ago. And in the background, I could hear cursing and yelling and anger. And I asked for this person. They said, oh, here. Who is that? What do you want? I said, this is Pastor Joe. Oh, Pastor Joe. How are you? Oh, just fine. <laughs> I thought, bless God, and I'm only in sales, not even management. Listen to this. I suppose you heard about the fellow that and his wife that made an agreement that whenever he came home, that he had to, when he came through the door, if his hat was on backwards, she'd leave him alone. If her, if she, she had her apron on backwards, he was to leave her alone and to avoid her. And it worked out fine until they came home one night, his hat was backwards and her apron was backwards, and they collided. But uh, the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't let the sun go down your wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And to recondition our minds, we have to know, again, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, the Word of God says in Romans 12. Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. God never doesn't say, never be angry. He says, be angry and sin not. I was out at, uh, I close with this illustration, I was out in uh, Yellowstone National Park many years ago when I was in Coral Club. And that's controlled heat. I mean, almost to the minute, almost to the second, every 60 seconds, old faithful would shoot water way up in the air. And then it would just die down again. And you can stand there and watch your watch, and in about 60 seconds again, it would explode. And I thought, boy, that's wonderful, the way that thing is controlled like that. Now, I want to tell you, through a sense of security in Jesus Christ, you and I can have controlled heat in our lives. If we do not, we give a landing strip to the enemy, and he can destroy it. It will destroy us. Anger is the mother of many evils. And you and I have a decision to make. We can choose to be angry, 
or we can choose not to be angry. Now, there was a time when Jesus got angry. That was because he was angry at what the Jews were doing in the temple because the temple was to be a house of prayer. And he drove out the money changers. But Jesus' anger was righteous anger because it was against sin, not the sinner. The Word says we're to forgive everyone. If we do not, then he opens us up to the tormentors. God help us not to allow anger in our homes. We need to ask the Lord's protection over our homes every day, to bind the strong man over our home and every principality and power, every rule of the darkness, every wicked spirit, and claim the peace of God over our property, over our homes, over our families. It can make a big difference.